Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Good to see all of you this morning on, on the screen. As we enter into our worship service, I invite you to put away the pressures of the world, the things that may be weighing on your heart, the busy week you might have had, and enter into this time and this space together. We welcome you, whether this is your first time with us or whether you have been here for many, many years, it is good to see you in this loving community. And we invite you to breathe deeply as we enter into our sacred space together. Welcome. Emily will lead us with a couple of announcements. Good morning, everyone. My name is Emily Bruce. I'm the ministerial intern for this congregation, and I have just a few announcements to get us started. First of all, we're recording this, um, so be mindful of that. And everyone is on mute just to minimize background noise. So anyone speaking this morning, you will have to unmute them yourself before you speak. Uh, for those who don't know Zoom yet quite well, um, there is a gallery view that you can switch to in the upper right-hand corner. So you can switch between seeing the speaker's face in a larger screen or switch to gallery view where you can see everybody and then you can flip through and see the faces of all of us gathered here for worship this morning. I invite you to find the chat box if you haven't already. Just click where it says chat at the bottom of your screen and we will be sharing song lyrics and other things in that chat box throughout the service. Uh, grab a chalice or a candle if you have one that you can light with us at the beginning of worship. And also just a reminder that we'll be doing another virtual coffee hour after worship, after the postlude. So if you're interested in that, it'll last about 20 minutes. Just stick around after the postlude and you will be sorted into breakout rooms. And we're also um, continuing on with our little mix-up of what we're offering each week during the week for all of you. So this week, um, we will have lunch with the ministers on Tuesday from 12 to 1. And this week, it'll be Reverend Nathan and myself. We'll have story time for kids with Rev Heather on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 7.30. And this week, we'll continue our Thursday Nights Together series, which is on Thursdays from 7 to 8.30. And this week, Rev Heather will be leading it. So check the email. You'll get one tomorrow and um, another one on Thursday for all the details on those activities. If you're visiting us this morning, I invite you to fill out our welcome form, which is linked in our chat box. And finally, we just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that this weekend would have been our Cape Cod retreat. Um, those of you who've been going on the street for a long time, I never have, and I was really looking forward to it, but that's okay. Um, it's been going on since 1972, which is kind of crazy, um, and it's hard to miss it, but we want to just take a moment to thank Kathy Greer, who's been the organizer of this retreat for so many years. So let's all just applaud for Kathy for a moment. I don't even know if she's here, but let's applaud for her. And we look forward to the retreat happening again next year. So now I invite you all to take a moment, make sure you're switched into gallery mode and greet one another.
Friends, give us a second. We're just gonna go back and get the sound on, okay? We're all in this together. section and Heather will lead the people section please respond into your screens you'll be unmuted but we'll hear your voice through the ether all that is glorious is not for me these grand vistas or towering clouds but doing errands on a day of driving rain staying inside the silver skin of the car 160,000 miles still running just fine and I think of how my mother struggles to breathe, how few good days she has left now. How we never think of the glories of breath, oxygen cascading down our throats into our lungs, simple as the journey of water over a rock. Most everything glorious is around us already, 
black and blue graffiti shining in the, rind, the rain's bright glaze, the small rainbows of oil on pavement. This radiant, this radiant world. world. Morning, everyone. <laughs> we have um, one of our old favorite hymns for you first this morning. Come, come, whoever you are, please sing along. We have it in a round form. Just sing with it as you feel inspired. let us recite together our covenant and if you need them the words will be pasted in the chat box love is the spirit of this church and service its law this is our great covenant to dwell together in to seek truth in love and to help one another
Hi, everybody. It's good to see you all. It is time for our Wonder Box, so I would like to invite any young people here to come forward, but I also am going to ask you to find a comfortable place to sit. So if you want to come forward or come so you can see the screen if you're in the room, but you're not in front of the screen, um, come find a comfortable place to uh, come see everybody. So this morning in our Wonder Box, we have... This looks like a little person. And this morning I was thinking about how we all have bodies. Some of them might look different than this body. Some of them look different from each other. All of them look different from each other. But I was thinking about how all of us have a body and how all of us experience the world through our bodies. That our bodies are the way that we experience taste and smell and sound and sight and feelings, touch, all sorts of ways that we feel feelings through our bodies. There's all sorts of ways that we feel, um, that we experience the world in our bodies. And I think our bodies can give us really good information sometimes about what's happening in the world around us. So one of the ways that I think we can take good care of our bodies is to pay attention to them. So this morning we're going to do what's called a body scan. And the way we're going to do that, it's a kind of meditation. We're going to do a body scan and I invite everyone, kids and adults, to find a comfortable place to let your body relax. So I'm going to invite you to do that now. You can lie down maybe, you can sit back on the couch or the chair, you can sit on the floor, just whatever makes your body feel relaxed and comfortable. And I invite you to close your eyes. And we're gonna start by taking two or three gentle, big breaths. Take a deep breath in. And pay attention to how that feels. If you can feel the air going down your lungs and notice your belly, take a breathe out. Notice your belly rise and fall. And breathe in again, nice and deep. Feel how your belly gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then breathe out and feel how it pushes all the air out. You can place a hand on your belly this time and let your breath, feel your breath moving in and out. And we're going to pay attention to other parts of our body. So we're going to start with your feet. They might feel warm or cold, wet or dry. Maybe they feel relaxed or maybe they feel a little wiggly. And it's okay if you also feel nothing at all. But if you can, let your feet relax. If that's hard to do, that's okay. But take a mo moment and just notice how your feet feel. And just for a, for a few moments, let your whole body be still. There's nothing else that you have to do right now. Pay attention to your body as best as you can. You might feel the blanket or maybe socks on your feet. Maybe you feel the couch underneath you. And whenever, if your mind starts thinking about other things, just start to notice your feet again. And now we're gonna move up our body a little bit to our lower legs, noticing whatever we feel there. Do your legs feel heavy or light, warm or cold or something else? 
Let go of frustration, let go of trying to do anything. Just try your best and give yourself a few moments to rest. Now we're going to move to our knees and let them relax. I've never thought about my knees as a place that might need to relax, but maybe move your feet, your knees a little tiny bit, feel them in front or the back or the sides of your knees and take another deep breath. Take a deep breath in and out. And now we're going to move to our upper legs and whatever you feel or don't feel is totally okay. So notice your legs and let them relax. And we're going to move our attention to our bellies. Our bellies are always moving when we breathe, just a little bit, rising and falling, just like the waves on the sea. And maybe you feel something on the inside, like full or hungry. You might notice the clothes on your belly or a blanket. Sometimes people feel emotions in their belly, like happy or sad or upset. And just take a moment and take a deep breath in all the way into your belly, feel it rising, and then take a deep breath out and feel it falling. And now we're going to bring our attention to our chest. Notice it rising and falling as we breathe. If you're finding it hard to focus right now, that's very normal. Just gently practice bringing your mind back to how your chest feels when you breathe. And now we're going to pay attention to our hands. There's no need to move them or do anything with them. They might be touching the floor or somewhere else on your body. Just notice what they're touching. Notice if they can be more relaxed and go ahead and relax them. Just pay attention to them for just a minute. And now we're going to move to our arms. And see if you can notice a stillness in your arms. Can you notice your arms being very, very still? Next, we're going to move our attention to our back. How does your back feel right now? Is it against something? Is it moving when you breathe? Take another deep breath and see what your back does when you take a breath. And now we're going to pay attention to our necks and our shoulders. We're gonna see if they can get more relaxed too. Sometimes people's necks and shoulders can feel a little less relaxed when maybe they're worried. So we're just gonna see if we can try to relax our necks and our shoulders. And finally, we're going to pay attention to your face and your head. What expression does your face have right now? Have you ever noticed the muscles in your face? Can you let them relax? If your mouth is smiling, can you let it go, go relaxed? Do you notice how your head feels? Maybe the top of your head, your hair? 
Do you notice anything happening in your mind? And we're just going to spend a few moments now paying attention to our whole body. Remembering all the way down to our toes and all the way up to our head. And we're going to take three more deep breaths. Breathing in and out. And letting our body be relaxed. Taking a deep breath in and out. And one more deep breath in. And we're gonna push that breath all the way out. And if your eyes are still closed, I invite you to slowly open them. Start to notice the things around you. Maybe wiggle your toes a little bit, wiggle your fingers, move your shoulders. Sit up if you're laying down. We're going to come back to this space together. Thank you, everybody. So that was called a body meditation. And I find it to be something that can be very, very helpful in paying attention to what's happening around us in our bodies and in calming down if maybe we're feeling a little wiggly or nervous or we just need some time to relax. It can be a really, really helpful way to let our whole bodies relax, which can also be a way to help our minds relax. So I hope you enjoyed that. And if you need that as a tool in your life, I invite you to use it on a regular basis because I think it can be a really helpful thing to remember that our bodies can be relaxed if we let them have the space to do that. Thank you. So we are moving into a time of prayer in silence now. And with this feeling of, of relaxation, I invite you to join in singing our call to prayer, There is a Love, which will be in the chat box. week we lift up the prayers in our community and we know that there are so many people that we are praying for right now for ourselves and for others 
We are going to start in our chat box with prayers for the for loved ones. So I invite you to open your chat box. And if you have a prayer for loved ones that you would like to lift up in this loving community, we invite you to share that in the chat box now. These prayers will keep coming, but for all of these prayers, for those we hold in the sanctuary of our hearts, perhaps too tender to name, we light a candle. And we hold prayers for our larger world, perhaps for people we do not know, but to whom we are deeply interconnected nonetheless. For those prayers for the larger world, we lift up our personal prayers in the chat box. Friends, it is so moving to see all of these prayers coming in and know that we, through the distance between us, we are not alone in our prayers. For all of these prayers for the world and those prayers that we hold in the sanctuary of our hearts, we light a second candle. And friends, even in the midst of great fear, even in the midst of great sadness and worry, there are still things to be joyful for. There are still things to be grateful for, and we lift up those gratitudes, those prayers of thanksgiving.
And for all of these prayers of gratitude and thanksgiving that we lift up, we light a final candle. And let us join together in a spirit of prayer. Holy One, known by many names, by no name at all. In these uncertain times, we may be needing so many things. Stability, comfort, certainty, a break, protective equipment, toilet paper, a friend, a hug, a job, someone else to take your kids for the afternoon, a chance to leave the house, a different house. There are so many things that we might be needing and unable to get. Holy One, known by many names and no name at all, spirit that moves through us and among us, Help us to remember that we are not our productivity. Help us to remember that we are not alone. Help us to remember to breathe deeply. Help us to pay attention to our bodies. Help us to remember that we are deeply interconnected. Spirit of life and love, help us to fight for those who are more vulnerable than us. Help us to sacrifice our personal desires for the greater good. Help us to find wisdom. Help us to live simply. Help us to live in gratitude, even when the days are scary and the nights are long. Spirit of life and love, we know that even when we are far apart, we are surrounded by community, by love, by care, by our own interconnectedness. Help us to see that every day, to find comfort in that, so that we may be blessed by our connections and that we may bless others by our connections in turn. May it be so, and amen. Let us rest together in several moments of shared silence.
This morning's reading is testimony by Rebecca Baggett. I want to tell you that the world is still beautiful. I tell you that despite old and hidden sins into our air, soil, water, despite the thinning film that encloses our aching world, despite my own terror and despair. I want you to know that spring is no small thing, that the tender grasses curling like a baby's fine hairs around your fingers are a recurring miracle. I want to tell you that the river rocks shine like God, that the crisp voices of the orange and gold October leaves are laughing at death. I want to remind you to look beneath the grass, to note the fragile hieroglyphs of ant, snail, beetle. I want you to understand that you are no more and no less necessary than the brown recluse, the ruby-throated hummingbird, the humpback whale, the profligate mimosa. I want to say, like Neruda, that I am waiting for a great and common tenderness that I still believe we are capable of attention, that anyone who notices the world must want to save it. Thanks so much, Alan, and thanks for the, uh, the reading and the wind chimes uh, in the background. They're beautiful. It is a beautiful day. We have all earned a beautiful day. Um, we're gonna hear in a moment about our offering this morning. Uh, I wanted to first remind us that, uh, that all the prayers that uh, people put in the chat box are beautiful, but they're also maybe hard to read. So those, those are going to be um, in the email that uh, Dara sends out uh, beginning tomorrow, so you can catch up on those. But I encourage you to, to look at them and to hold them in your heart if you haven't had a chance to read them all. Um, our offering, uh, Beckley, Becky Shebley Hall is going to talk about uh, our offering, which is Chaplains on the Way. A reminder that we're all doing this via an on, our online database called Realm, and the link on how to do that is in the, the, the link to it, I should say, is in the chat box. Um, a reminder that you have to designate, um, when you go to there, you have to designate a special offering to give to that offering, or you can donate to the church, or my friends, you can make a pledge, which I know all of us are so eager to do. Um, with that, I turn it over to, to Becky. Hi, everybody. It's great to see you on my home church peeps in the gallery viewing you. And there's lots of peeps out there that are new to the nest. And um, I'm sure that you are as grateful as I am to have found a, a loving faith community at UUAC. And you probably understand how important to belong to a group of folks who know you or try to know you for who you are in this moment where there's no judgment, where there's, uh, you can be the best of who you are. That's what church encourages us to do, just to come and be the best of who you are. And you might understand how I came from that environment into wanting to provide this, this uh, kind of faith community and connection with folks who don't have that. If you could think about what it would be like if you lost all of your friends, your family, your home, everything you were used to, 
So that's what Chaplains on the Way is about. And I, I, um, I want you to know that it comes from having experienced what you're experiencing here. So uh, if you, many of you know about Chaplains on the Way, you've been um, sending us your warm things all winter and we're grateful to them. You can go to our, uh, our website or our Facebook to learn more about us. But in general, what we do is to meet people, like I said, where they are on the street, on the, uh, in the shelters, in the soup kitchens, um, in many different places, and just be like a spiritual companion, just, just, just accompany people through hard times. And we also offer spiritual practices. So when this virus came around, uh, it's changed everything, right? And it certainly has changed places for people who are unhoused to uh, spend their days. Like it's hard to you know, quarantine in your home if you don't have a home. And the folks in Waltham have been uh, wandering the street. They've lost the, the library, all the, the safe places for them to be during the day when it was so cold, uh, you know, a place to go to the bathroom, anything like that. So we had to switch, you know, to pivot a bit. And what we're doing now with our folks um, is we're meeting them in smaller groups where they may be, uh, but all, in the morning, every morning, five days a week, we are meeting folks at McDonald's and offering $5 McDonald's cards for breakfast and hanging out in the, in the, um, around McDonald's with them. Um, Alan, who, Alan Cantor, who's a member of, of our church, is, um, is our ministerial this, uh, intern this year, just like Emily is yours. And he's been coming every week and doing, just hanging out. We're, we're needing at this time to ask people to help us continue what we're calling our McDonald's ministry. Um, we started it, it ends up being like $1,000 a week. We started it uh, without that in our budget because as, as uh, my mentor and minister Nathan Dietering taught me about the theology of abundance, you just go for it and, and, and honestly, goodness follows us. So I've, I've also always wanted you all to be able to meet the, the folks that you have um, affection with, a relationship with from your church. And so it, uh, with the help of Alan, we put together um, a little slideshow and a video for you to see these faces um, that I love and uh, that hopefully someday you'll come and meet as well. So thank you very much.
you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chaplain. Thank you. Thank you. Alan, thank you very much. You guys, what you do, we all appreciate it. Let me tell you, we do. You bring warmth into our, you know, our bodies and our systems and you're going through this miserable crap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Becky. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Chaplains on the Way, for all of your good work. We have our music from Sarah and the singers.
Before we uh, start our message this morning, let's just do a big thank you to Sarah and to Kathleen and to all the singers. I have to say, like, it just makes, for me, it like makes my Sunday. So just like applaud or shouting your decks or whatever you got to do, honestly, it makes my weekend and my week. Dara's going to put into the chat box the opening words that I say um, every Sunday that I preach. I invite us to see these. These are a compilation of um, words and phrases that have meant a lot to me over the years. So you can say them with me. Here's our world. Beautiful and terrible things happen. Be not afraid. Keep our hearts tender. Keep our eyes soft because this is what we are about. We know there is no answer but to love each other. We bear witness against unnecessary destruction and we gather in community to practice being the person the world is calling us to be. We cannot do everything, but we can do something and that something is never nothing. So forget your perfect offering there is a crack in everything. That is how the light gets in. So those of you who know me know that um, I love etymology. And I can see you smiling, or I can see you uh, rolling your eyes too, by the way, because now we're up close. So if you rolled your eyes, I can see that. <laughs> um, and I, was, I had multiple, like met some of you, many of you, I've had multiple Zoom meetings this week. And I was noticing that in the Zoom meetings, I was mentioning a word, I was saying a word, I was thinking of a word a lot. Um, and that word, maybe fittingly, is apocalypse. And unlike the, the apocalypse movies that like um, The Rock is in, where um, everything is about to fall apart and then the hero just never like an average person, the hero comes and saves the day at the last minute. And then you know, the movie ends and it's a happy ending and we go to sleep. Unlike those kind of movies, what the word apocalypse actually means, and, and Reverend Heather told me about this a couple of years ago, and it just shocked me so much, um, is to uncover what has been hidden. It means to reveal. It means to, it actually just means to see. It just means to see. And I think that the reason I was wondering why this word is coming up for me so much, um, you know, where I think, I think it's the seventh week of this. And uh, for me, and maybe for you, the emergency and the adrenaline and the disbelief and sometimes the, um, the denial has like faded a little bit. And then in its place, what I'm noticing, what's coming forward is, is something like attention. And what I, I'm noticing and I'm seeing things, I'm attending to things that I didn't see before, or maybe that were hidden from me before, or, or maybe that I was hidden from. And so Emily and I were thinking about our message this morning. We're wondering, we're really wondering what's being revealed to you in this time. We're wondering what is catching your attention. Emily. 
Thanks, Nathan. Well, as I thought about the answer to this question, one of the first things that came up for me is the news. In many unfortunate ways, the news is catching my attention these days. I mean, we're all watching the news, and of course I know that, but what I'm noticing is the way the, way the news affects me. It's a, I think the news is a powerful vortex. It can make you angry, afraid, frustrated, and hopeless all at once. So these days, I, what happens is I find my attention drawn by a scary headline, and so I read that article. And then I get to the end of it, and then most helpfully, not really, there's another follow-up article that's linked right there. So I click that link and I read that article. And then there's one at the end of that, and then one at the end of that, and one at the end of that. And before I know it, 30 minutes have gone by, my coffee is cold, and the formerly quiet, sunny morning that I've been enjoying is now at least metaphorically dark and full of despair. I wanna note here that this is not a critique of news organizations or newspapers and all of those journalists who are seeking to inform the public. In general, the news is good and we should support the news. But when my attention to the news goes beyond simple information gathering, when my fear is spiked by headlines, it's all too easy for me to get sucked into that vortex and my mental health is paying the price. Just yesterday morning, I was getting ready to sit down and write this sermon, and I saw a headline on the New York Times website that said, quote, your life or your livelihood, Americans wrestle with an impossible choice. Such a stark headline, right? Your life or your livelihood? I mean, I, are we really facing that decision right now? Some of us might be, and how scary is that? That grim headline brought to mind all of the protests that have been happening recently around the country. Angry Americans who want the economy to open back up despite the very, very real threats of infection. And the politicians and the business leaders who seemed all too willing to sacrifice public health for the reopening of hair salons and restaurants. The fear of premature reopening is staggering to me, and so my attention has all too frequently been drawn to that controversy as it played out in the news. So as I grapple with my attention to the news and this vortex I mentioned, to which I feel vulnerable, I began to uncover the fact that my anxiety has been serving as a mask for the deep, deep grief that I am feeling about this crisis. For many of us, anxiety can provide a distraction from the other emotions that undergird them. Being angry and afraid at the news has allowed me to skip over the surface of all of my other feelings, like a flat stone on a lake. I wasn't making space for my sadness and my boredom and my loneliness because they're all hard to face, even on a good day. But none of them can be ignored for long. So I ask you, as you begin to answer this question yourself of what is catching your attention, what might also be uncovered underneath it? Because I think this apocalypse that Nathan talked about has much to reveal to all of us. Nathan, I'd like to turn this question back to you and ask what are you noticing these days? So one thing that I've been trying to pay attention to um, this last week, I keep seeing myself on spotlight view and my giant head is looking right back at me. It's very disturbing. Now I know how you feel. Um, 
Uh, what's, what I've really noticed this week in particular is how unequal the impact of this virus is, depending on how old we are, um, what color our skin is, what kind of jobs we have. Um, you know, they keep talking about the, the novel coronavirus, novel being because it's new. And it impacts all of us. All of us have human bodies. It impacts all of us. But given the conditions of how we live and our, frankly, our privilege, it really changes who is impacted and who is maybe less impacted. I was noticing this week, I was thinking about it, what is grabbing my attention? You know, I couldn't help but notice because Massachusetts has revealed, it's put out the stats about what towns are most affected by all of this going on. You know, Chelsea and Randolph, those two towns, have the highest rate of infection relative to their population. And what's note about those two towns, of course, is that the immigrant population is the highest, the housing density is the highest, access to healthcare is limited, and more people of color live there. And I, <laughs> I asked myself, what's catching my attention is that social distancing is kind of a privilege. I never thought about that before. The other thing that caught my attention this week was how there, there is no national order for um, ventilators, personal protection equipment, or masks. But this week there was one for meat producers. And the problem with that, and I say this as a meat eater, who's gonna barbecue later tonight, maybe, how like some of the biggest outbreaks have happened in meat processing plants, which means that the people who work there, as Emily just talked about in the headline, the, the headline is about these people who have to choose between their livelihood or their life. So another thing I'm wondering is, is the ability to work from home, to preach literally in my bedroom, is that a privilege? And it undeniably is. You know, all of us are affected by this. Everyone, we have 138 devices this morning, so like 250 people. We're all, like this is hard. This is a hard, hard moment, maybe one of the hardest moments of your life. But it's affecting each of us differently. Like the heart is different depending on who we are, what we do in the world. I live in a, in a single family home. I have a yard. I have a quiet street. I feel constrained in my life. But what's catching my attention is, what does it mean if I was living in a house, a triple family in Chelsea with 10 people, 10 family members and 800 square feet? What would it mean if three of those people or four had to go to jobs that they couldn't do from home? So that you could quit or they could um, go to work. And I don't know what to do about any of these things that I'm noticing. I don't know, I don't know what to do. 
except I, I know that I have to, um, I know that I have to pay attention to what's being uncovered. I know that I need to at least give it that. So all that's tough stuff. Emily, maybe you can balance me out a little bit as you usually do. I'll try. Uh, so the other night, the other night I was on a Zoom call as many of us are Zooming all the time these days. I was on a Zoom call with two old friends and I dashed into the kitchen for a moment to get a glass of wine and I left my laptop on the couch open in the living room. Um, I was a little too far out of earshot to hear what one of the friends said while I was in the kitchen getting the glass of wine. But the other friend immediately erupted into a peal of laughter that I could hear clear as day all the way into the kitchen. And I stood there for a moment hearing that laugh, the sound and the timbre of it. It's a laugh I've been hearing for almost 20 years. Um, that's how long this friendship goes back. And it brought back so many memories of all the times that we have spent together and all the laughter that, that I've shared with this particular friend. So in many ways, the laughter of friends through Zoom calls and phone calls and everything else is also catching my attention these days. So these two friends in particular that I was Zooming with are old friends from my days in New York City. And we've seen each other through all the ups and downs of our lives from probably our early to mid twenties until now. There's a line from a song that I can't remember that says something like, the older you get, the more you need those around you who knew you when you were young. And that could not be more true here with this, with this friendship. So these old friends and me, are, we Zoom twice a week. And this time with them, which I have to say is probably more time, we've spent more time together on Zoom in the past few weeks than we probably have in the last 10 years. Um, but this time has grounded me in ways that I really didn't expect, but I found to be essential. Our connection and our frequent conversations has served to root me more deeply into my history, especially all the hard times I've lived through and all the, the events in my life that have shaped me into the person that I am today. And in many cases, those two women were right there next to me when those things happened. So as the ground continues to shift underneath us during this crisis, and as everything feels really unsure and complicated and scary, I realized that the grounding of long-term friendships has been a lifeline for me. And when I focus my attention on how that makes me feel, what's uncovered is how loved I feel and how seen I feel and how safe I feel, which is not something I get to feel very often these days, safe. I feel like I can keep going. I feel like I'm not alone because I'm not, and neither are you. This crisis is real and it's scary, but our lives have so much more meaning and depth and history to them than this pandemic. We are so much more than what we're living through right now. So there's some good stuff there to pay attention to. Nathan, anything else catching your attention these days? You know there is, because we wrote this yesterday. <laughs> There's one more thing I wanted to mention. Um, this past week on Wednesday was uh, my wife Karen's birthday. She loves her birthday. She's got a t-shirt that says uh, April is 
the month for birthdays for divas or something like that. And um, I'm always a little nervous because I want to rise to the occasion. And uh, and one of the things that she always likes to do is to go purchase flowers, and then she drops them off in the driveway and says, "Make them grow somewhere." So that that's kind of that's kind of the vibe. Um, so on Monday, you remember how uh, horrible Monday was? Like it was like 38 degrees and rain. It, it was weather that kind of like imperfectly encapsulated probably everyone's feelings at some point or maybe all the points during this last seven weeks. And I was in a rotten mood, um, more rotten than usual. So I, I, drove, I, I got in the car and I drove over to Fran's Flowers in Framingham and it's located in what is normally like a totally bustling corner of Shopper's World. And it's so eerie, like it's just like desolate over there now. And um, I went there for three important reasons. Kathy Healy is the one that gave me the recommendation, by the way. This is not a commercial for Fran or for Kathy, I promise. Well, for Kathy it is, but not for Fran's. And I went there for three reasons. One, it's family owned. Number two, you can order online. And number three, there's a drive-through. It's the best thing. So I pulled into the drive-through, which is like a fancy sort of word. It wasn't drive-through, it was like, they had like four cones set up on the left. <laughs> you would drive, you would drive through. And I, and I, and I was listening to the news because of course I can't quit the news. I'm a, I'm, I can't quit the news. I'm just hopeful for like some good news. I'm like just waiting on the edge of my seat. So I've got the news on, the radio on, and I'm trying to find my phone because my, some the car stopped. I'm not breaking the law, but I'm like on the phone trying to find my order for Fran's flowers. And this guy knocks on the window and he's got a hat on and he's got a mask on and he's got an umbrella over his head and he knocks on the window and then like he puts the umbrella between his arm and then he just puts his hands up like in a prayer motion like this. And um, I rolled down the window and I forget to put my mask on because I can't get used to this yet. And he says, um, I can't hear him because I'm listening to the news, which is such a metaphor, right? Like I can't hear anything else because I'm just like trying to listen through the, the through all this crisis. And he's like, hey man, it's a beautiful day, right? And I'm like, I, you know, normally these kind of people drive me crazy. No, it's not beautiful, it's a horrible day out. It's Monday. He says, you the guy that ordered the flowers? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I can't fill your order until you look. I'm like, what do you mean? And I was like, he's like, I can't fill your order until you look. You have to, you ordered a hanging basket. I can't get it until you look. And then he's, then he kind of moved out of the way. And he said, look, look at all these colors. He's like, there's blue, there's lavender, there's yellow, there's pink. He's like, just look at how beautiful these are. You just gotta look, man. You gotta look and tell me what you want. So I turned on the radio and I, and I kid you not, it was like a full minute. I'm just looking through the crappy weather. I'm looking through the, um, I'm looking through the, the rain I'm looking through the, the last seven weeks. I'm looking through 
my bad mood. I'm looking through the news. I'm looking through the quarantine. I'm looking through the pandemic. I'm looking through the fear of what's next. I'm looking through the loss. I'm looking through my anxiety. I'm looking through my asthma. And I'm just looking through all of that. I'm just trying to give all of my attention for just 60 seconds to the blue, to the lavender, to the pink, to the yellow, to the green leaves, to the life, to the love, to the birthdays, to the hope, to the promise. I'm looking through all of that to the beauty. I'm trying. It's really not easy, but I'm trying. It's not enough. It never is enough, but it is. Friends, so we cannot, we cannot change our current situation. We know that. We can't change this crisis, but what we can change is how we react or respond to it. So the things that are taking your attention right now, look at them. Look at them and try to figure out why. Can they shed some light on what you're feeling or perhaps what you're trying not to feel? What's right in front of you, what is obscured by the fear, the distraction, or the chaos of this crisis? As our reading said this morning, the world is still beautiful despite our despair, despite the thinning film that encloses our aching world. We are capable of a great and common tenderness to our world and to each other. So what do you see? Where is your attention being drawn? Can you, can you pay attention to the colors, the blue, the lavender, the pink and the yellow in your midst? Can you hear the laughter that grounds you in your belonging to others? Are you being pulled into the vortex or can you be drawn towards that great and common tenderness? You can decide where your attention goes. Amen. Amen. Sarah's got our final hymn, Wake Now My Senses. I do, and as usual, the words will be in the chat box. Please sing, everyone.
Let us say together our call to ministry. These words are the words that we um, that really express how we live our faith, our religion out into the world. So let's say together, they're in the chat box. We go forth into the world in peace to act with works of love, to affirm each person's dignity, and to cherish the living earth. The world is still, it is beautiful outside. My benediction is just to, after this is over, after a coffee hour, which I encourage you to attend, um, it's just to like close your screens, my friends, unless you're in coming of age with me and Heather and Emily <laughs> and your mentors, but close your screens and get outside and breathe in um, the beauty that you can breathe in. That is my benediction for you. That is my benediction for me. I love you all. Um, stay for the uh, the postlude because Kathleen always does beautiful music for us. You'll see directions there about how to uh, to give to chaplains on the way. How wonderful was that, uh, Becky? That you could join us, and um, we love y'all. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you on the Zoom this week. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>